Welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Vandiver. With me, as always, Stephen Wyatt. Hey, Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing all right. How about you? Oh, you know, I can't complain. It's uh, it's Combine Week. I haven't had my hands measured yet, but I'm sure that they, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that they'll uh, measure up adequately and I don't have to convert to wide receiver, so. Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting day for people who said certain people were short. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, six two—that's that's just not very short. But you know, I'm sure somebody will ask Bill Polian. You know, what is short to him? <laughs> what was uh, speaking of Polian and that quarterback takes? What was what's Johnny Manziel five eleven or something like that? I mean, I, I think yeah, he's yeah, more on the Russell Wilson side of it. Right. I mean, uh, and I don't think – I don't recall him saying Manziel was short. I think the word he used was magical. Yes. I, I yes. think that was the word that he used, not short. So, yes. like I said, you know, hopefully somebody will ask him to clarify what what does he mean by short. Like, what what – what qualifies as short for him? Because we're all wondering at this point. I know. It's almost like, I mean, it's almost like the guy just deci- turned on the turned on the computer one day and decided to do some draft takes. With It's, it's, like, it's like maybe he hasn't watched some of these guys' films. I'm mean, hard to imagine, I know. It kind of seemed like he pulled it out his ass, you know, like, like maybe he hadn't actually watched this guy on film. Crazy so, to think of. Uh, but but it was funny because he said it with so much conviction. That was the funny part about it. But oh yeah. Again, again, you know, maybe somebody will ask him about him about that one of these days. That's right. Well, it's like what's what's the old? If you're gonna lie, lie big, right? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, obviously, might as, well, being might as well act like you know what you're talking about. That's right, and obviously, like you know, look at Drew Brees, how his career's been, obviously, pretty hamstrung by his what's that he's only six foot tall. So, I mean, you really, you've definitely got to be at least six five to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I think Ryan Mallett would attest to that. Right, yeah, and Brock Osweiler for that matter. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a bunch of tall quarterbacks, and, and, and that's all you need to be is tall. That's right. Know? That's right. And it, it, look, Mike Glennon, tall. How much do you get? $18 million? Exactly. For a year. For a year. <laughs> so maybe that is. Maybe that is. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that is the, the key to breaking the bank as a quarterback <laughs> is if you're tall uh, and, and, and only tall, just, just tall and nothing else. Yeah. I mean, here. Somebody like, will pay you. I, you know, I feel like here is. We do all this work, and we, you know, you watch film, and you break down those guys for the draft, and I do some research, and I edit people, I edit all of our writers, and I, you know, have to fact check stuff, and I really, I think the lesson here is just pull some shit out of your ass, and and you probably make a lot more money at this business. <laughs> just look, you know, make up somebody's height. You ain't even got to look at. Like the media guy, there, <laughs> you don't even have to look at Wikipedia. Just say a guy is short, yeah, and everybody'll go along with yeah. it. Like, like you're not crazy or anything. Yeah. So, I stumble, stumble into Peyton Manning, and you're suddenly you're set for life. It's kind of amazing, huh? <laughs> right. You just <laughs> say whatever the hell you want to, and somebody's gonna be like, "That is a great take." Yeah, yeah. So Lamar Jackson. I mean, obviously, this is Lamar Jackson. We're talking about if you're just tuning in and i don't know why you'd be just tuning in decide to like fast forward three minutes or whatever but um i'm old and i sometimes i forget this isn't actually the radio 
but it's a uh, it's Lamar Jackson six two six two and one eight something like that. There's a fraction on the end of it, and two hundred sixteen pounds, almost the exact same size as another quarterback, Andy Dalton. Right. Yeah, and and, and I don't think anybody recommended that Andy Dalton switch to wide receiver. <laughs> I, I, look, my memory ain't great, but I don't recall that happening when he was coming out of school. And, you know, the, <laughs> Andy Dalton doesn't have nearly as much potential yeah. as Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, again, uh, it, this is the kind of shit we have to deal with. It is. And, and like- it, it, you know what's funny? It's not funny. It's, it's frustrating to me is that we know that everybody lies during this part of the offseason, yeah. right? Everybody's going to lie about their free agent needs. They're going to lie about who they like in the draft. Yeah. You know, all throwing all, all kind of curveballs, just trying to uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, hide who they really want, who they really are going after. And we know this. We, we call it lying season. But then you have these people who act like, Unnamed scouts are the exception to the rule. Yeah. And because they're granted anonymity, they're not going to lie. They're just going to say, you know, the, the un, un, uh, uh, encumbered truth about how they really feel about prospects. It's the most absurd shit in the world. Yeah. And so then you have to deal with this uh, uh, this way people are, are advancing a story about prospects who – you know, people who actually analyze their tape have one opinion about, and then these unnamed scouts have a different opinion about. And it's like, okay, why does why do GMs like a guy that Twitter doesn't like? No, bitch, we aren't just on Twitter. <laughs> we actually watch film. We aren't just pulling shit out of our ass yeah. and saying, oh, well, I think this guy is great. I don't. Those GMs are crazy. Most of the people who feel strongly about this have actually done the fucking research. Yeah. And so it, and and so you're pitting their informed opinion that they're putting their name on, that they're saying, hey, I'm Stephen White, and I'm telling you, this is how I feel about Bradley Chubb against unnamed scouts who might just be fucking with you, who might <laughs> yeah. just be saying anything to see if you will write it. Because I'm sure... In some draft rooms, there are people just laughing their ass off like, can you believe this guy actually wrote this <laughs> It's fucking lying season. But like I said, we, we get this kind of discourse where you, you know, some people, certain people try to discredit those of us who actually analyze yeah. what's on the tape versus unnamed scouts and GMs who might not have even watched the film yet on this guy anyway. Yeah. It, it's just kind of amazing to me that we we have this divide. And with more and more people who actually watch film are saying that Lamar, uh, 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 what's his damn name? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a legit quarterback. Yeah. And I said a long time ago, look, you don't have to believe he's a first round pick. I do. Most of the people who I respect, whose opinion I respect about prospects believe he's a first round yeah. pick especially if he goes to a team that's really going to build around him and build an offense around him but that's okay if you think he's a second round pick or a third round pick okay hey we we can hash that out and argue the merits of either side of the argument but when you say 
this kid is a wide receiver. That is just fucking absurd. And you should shut up so people won't realize how dumb you are. Or racist, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, or oh, racist. Yeah, yeah. But definitely fucking dumb either way. Yeah. You know, whether you <laughs> you can be a black person and have the opinion that Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver and you're just fucking stupid. We'll just skip <laughs> over the racism with you. You're just a dumbass. <laughs> so th- that's my thing about it is, you know, let's not make this into some kind of argument about, oh, Twitter thinks one thing and GMs think another. You don't know if that's what their GM thinks. Yeah, you won't know until the fucking draft happens because everybody is lying in this sport in the all season. Why would you take their word for it when they won't even put their name on it? You you want to know who put their name on it about Lamar Jackson? Andy Reid. Yeah, <laughs> Andy Reid had a laugh about this whole change of the wide receiver shit himself. And you know the Andy Reid that everybody respects as a guy who gets quarterbacks ready to play well. Yeah, right. A guy who's coached. Michael fucking Vick, who is a, a very good comparison to Lamar Jackson. If yeah. anything, Lamar Jackson is a more polished uh, passer coming out of college than Michael Vick was. Mm-hmm. And so here's Andy Reid. Here's a guy who's going on the record. He's not, you know, trying to tell you, hey, hey you know, I don't want anybody to know I said this. He's standing <laughs> on a podium at the fucking combine and telling you, no, this kid is pretty good now. This, he can he can play quarterback. I don't think anybody would want to move him somewhere else. Let him, let's see what he can do. And you could tell he was kind of excited. And again, here's a guy who's coached Michael Vick. So he knows. Yeah. He knows the kind of things you could do with a talent like Lamar Jackson. And so stop trying to make this about Twitter versus, you know, uh, GMs and shit. Most of these motherfuckers ain't GMs. They some scout who... Some kind of way you had a beer with one time yeah. at the scene, oh, and now he texts you every now and then stuff that may or may not even be true. <laughs> yeah, and you know, really, it's not even just like Twitter. It's it's sort of that it's the amateur versus insider kind of, and it's all that. I mean, you see this in other areas too. I mean, obviously, it's not unique to the NFL, but I think it's a little more endemic in the NFL than it is other sports at the very least. But like, it's that access journalism. It's like. I'm not going to question whatever motivations this person who's my source at X team is telling me, even though that person clearly has an agenda to push, whether it's draft position or whether it's, you know, competition or rivalry, whatever, like that person's always got a fucking agenda and you can go repeat it to Albert Breer or whoever, and you get it published in SI without any sort of footnote or anything like any heads up or warning or anything like that. And then everyone wants to dismiss people that take the t- put the time into this because, as we know, I mean, film is available. Like you don't have to like just TiVo those college games in the fall to get college tape on guys like Lamar Jackson or or Sam Darnold or whoever. I mean, it's out there on this thing called the internet and there's quite a lot of it in some cases so it's just amazing to me that nobody ever stops to think about like these people have an agenda when they're giving you these anonymous quotes put that in some it deserves context i mean the funny thing about it is the people who tend to have the highest uh, opinion or, or see the highest potential for Lamar Jackson are generally the ones who are most honest about his shortcomings. Yeah. 
Like, the, they don't gloss over it and say he's the best thing since sliced bread. They say, hey, he does have some issues he needs to work on. Yeah. You know, everybody has talked about, like, you know, he, he his, his stride is too short when he throws the football. Those things. Yeah. Those kind of things. But when, when people give an honest critique of Lamar Jackson, they, they talk about that, too. Yeah. But they just also talk about the things that he gives you that can't no other player give you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can send all the un, you know, the the, the overload blitzes that you want to. Mm-hmm. He might just make your un, unblocked defender look stupid in space and take off running. <laughs> yeah. Or he'll stand there and throw it down the field. He has the ability to do both. And, I mean, you, you put him in position to be successful, and there's no telling what this kid can do. But – all of the people who say shit like he should change the wide receiver or he's not really a quarterback, <laughs> when it gets to specific, that's when they start saying dumb shit like, oh, he's short. Because they don't really fucking know. Yeah. And they don't really care. Yeah. They just heard somewhere that he's a running quarterback. And so they say shit like, oh, he takes off too fast. Yeah. When you look at his film, that is far from the case. <laughs> and let me tell you, it is. He's, he, he's better than me because with the way his offensive line plays some this year, I would have took off running a bunch of times more than he did. He actually tried to give the plays time to, you know, to, to work themselves out after he scrummed around a little bit a bunch of times. Yeah. But then, like I said, you know, when you talk to people who give a genuine critique of Lamar Jackson almost to a man, they all say he's a legit quarterback. Yeah. And they also give the flip side other things that he can't do very well or needs to work on. It's the it's the people who are stupid, just dumbasses. They talk about him moving wide receivers that can never give you a single positive about him unless it's some ridiculous shit about how he runs in the first place. But they all they do is give you generalized bullshit that applies to just about any black quarterback that people don't like. Yeah. Yeah, he's short. He's not fucking short. Where did you get that from? Like, well, how could he have come up with that? That's the thing about this. Like, when you really get into what Bill Polian said, and he said it with his chest. He didn't say it like, well, I think he's short. He said he's short. He said he made that declaration as if he knew for a fact this kid was short. So, again, where does he even get that from? Yeah. <laughs> when you come up with that kind of an argument against Lamar Jackson that is just totally factually wrong, then you have to start and stop and ask, where are they even getting this shit from? And then, you know, you, you can go from there. And that that applies to the unnamed GMs or unnamed scouts as well. Where are they getting this shit from? Because it ain't from the tape. It ain't from the measurements. It's not from those places. So where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh... It's amazing this, and every year we go through this shit, and like it's the every same, year. And it's the same, like I think like I don't know maybe I think just over the last couple of years, and I've been around draft coverage long enough now that like I can be a little more cynical about it. like I just I see the stuff coming out of Indianapolis so far this weekend a lot of it like so far it's mostly just like I don't think any players have talked really, but it's so far it's just been coaches and GMs, but just like all the stuff coming out of Indianapolis, it's just so hard to look at it with any sort of seriousness whatsoever. It's like, whatever, just, it's all bullshit. The coaches and GMs can't talk about draft picks and players right now. They can't talk about free agents. It's just like, I mean, take it for what it's worth, but, and then the combine itself, it's like, we're going to get these measurements and they're going to blow up your perceptions. Like, 
your quarterback that's too short is actually 6'2", and your quarterback with, with the Sam Darnold, uh, everyone was talking about his hand size going, oh, he doesn't have enough big enough hands in his hands. No, his hands are fine. He doesn't have Trump hands or anything like that. He's 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 normal-sized quarterback hands. That's a... It's a, you know, the stuff like that. And then everyone's like, and just wait. Like, we're, what, 24 hours away from everybody starting to freak out about 40 times for O-line and running backs tomorrow. Oh, yeah. This is the weekend when it really gets silly every year. Yeah. It's always the crazy shit. Always some people making way too much of the measurements and the the different times and stuff like that. And then some people just totally dismissing it. You know, it, it it's funny how, you know, if it's your guy that you really like and he runs a good time, then, hey, you know, these are perfect drills to, to measure, you know, the athleticism. But if it's your guy and he doesn't run a good time, oh, this is just, you know, underwear <laughs> football anyway. Football is played on the field and passed. This, you know, so it's just interesting. And I've always said that the, 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 the combine doesn't mean everything. But it does mean something, yeah. right? It gives you a measurement across, you know, if you are a defensive lineman, then we can measure your time against other defensive linemen. Yeah. Or we could go against people just your size, period, and, you know, kind of compare. And you can go back historically and see what guys who run certain times, a three-cone, vertical leap, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you feel like, or history will tell you, it's some kind of predictor of success. You can do all those things. Now, none of it matters if you're not a good football player, period. But sometimes you need to know if a guy really is fast or if he just uh, uh, faced a bunch of slow defensive backs. You know, that, that that kind of stuff does matter. You need to know if a guy can can pick up 225 over four times if you're expecting him to set the edge of your defense. Yeah. So, you know, it's not that it's everything or nothing – it's kind of you have to, you know, kind of take it for what it's worth. And that's the part that nobody seems to want to do yeah. at the combine. It's a hot take either way. <laughs> you know, oh, he's blazing. You know, this guy now, they just vaults him <laughs> right up into the first round. You know, oh, this guy, this guy, you know, something must have been wrong with the with the uh, timing system. I know he's faster than that. It's just interesting to hear. You know, kind of, kind of how flexible that gets on week <laughs> on, on, on combine weekend. So, I, you know, I'm ready for that because I know after this, man, all of the rumors and the free agency rooms are going to start too. Because a lot of teams, you know, they start talking contract oh, yeah. and stuff like that this yeah. weekend as well. So that kind of stuff is going to start coming out. And yeah, we'll know by next week that we are definitely in the off season now. Everything's going <laughs> to kick it up a notch. <laughs> Yeah, because next week will be a combine ends Monday, and then it's kind of you get a quiet week, sort of quiet week. I guess there'll probably be a lot of free agent rumors, but because the week after that's when free agency starts, and then you get that quote unquote tampering window and all that stuff. So, well, you know, next week starts all the rumors about who interviewed well, yes. who was an asshole, yes. who yes. missed meetings. Who might have got popped with a you know a drug test? Yes. Maybe this guy's medical had a red flag. So yeah. next week starts all the real rumors about these draft picks, and, and like you said, you know the stuff starts to get rolling in about free agency as well. So yeah, yeah next uh, week next week is really sort of like I mean it's like the high holiday for bad draft picks next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's gonna happen. Because the- you know everybody's gonna go through and they're gonna look at all the forty <laughs> times and all that. 
Yes. I told you that guy was slow. He was oh, yeah. a wide receiver. <laughs> and I still, to this day, will maintain the most memorable moment from the Combine in the last five years was that the poor guy who's... Uh, whose um, uh, business fell out when he was trying to run the 40 as an offensive lineman. Or no, as a defensive lineman, maybe. I don't remember. It was a lineman of some... Yeah, sort. you know, I, I think they put a three-second delay <laughs> on the broadcast after that. Because, you know, <laughs> you almost got another one of them real big FCC fines behind it. <laughs> the NFL's second major wardrobe out Right, right. So, it, it, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it, it's uh, the underwear Olympics, and it really gears up. It'll really start gearing up today. I think maybe they do bench. Maybe like that first group starts doing bench presses today. And two, I mean, like you know, I you can like guys can kind of screw up on the drills there too. Like if they're not, oh, like, yeah. if they're injured oh, yeah. or something. But you know, there's that consideration. But you know, you you might be like how much stock you put into it. But you know, if you're offensive guard prospect comes in there and does you know two reps on the bench it might be a little bit of a red flag or something but well you know the, the one drill that that, I, that always kind of attracts my attention is uh, that gauntlet drill with the wide receiver yes where they're catching the ball they, they run down the line they have to catch the ball you know one one from this side and then from that side yeah. and from this side and turn around and somebody even though they do their drill every fucking year to come by and now it's on TV every year. Yeah. Somebody still fucks their drill up every single year. <laughs> Somebody's gonna go the wrong way. I promise you, just watch. Just watch what I say. It's it's gagged. I don't know who's gonna be, but I guarantee you, even though you can actually watch previous combine workouts, you know, previous years, somebody's still gonna get up there. And not know how to do the gauntlet drill. They're gonna start the wrong <laughs> way or something like that. It always happens every single year. <laughs> well, now the public, now like fans can go watch everything pretty much. Yeah, like, I'm just waiting for somebody to get booed. So Well something like they, they I, I something ha I swear something happened and maybe it was the bench press last year with some idiot fans or something in the room with the players trying to do the bench press or one of the drills like that. I vaguely remember something and like I, that. I, I can't remember not, what, what actually happened. Though. I don't know. I don't know if maybe they were actually trying to, you know, they might have been trying to cheer them on. Yeah, but I guess it was maybe they like told that. them to just be quiet. Shut the fuck up. But man. hey, man, you get them an all excess pass. We know how fans, you know, take you take that a little too far. It happens <laughs> all the fall. You know? Oh yeah. I bought this ticket. I can do what I want to do. It, hey. <laughs> That's my question. Is like I. He, I mean, as much as I enjoy football, don't get me wrong, but, like, is there really nothing better you have to do than go watch the bench press? <laughs> I mean, I like sports, but watching people bench press, maybe not, like, to me, not the most exciting thing in the world. Right. And mind you, uses people who have no idea if any of these guys will even end up on their team. Yeah. So, you know, like, who do you even cheer for? Like, <laughs> that guy, he might end up with your uh, division rival. <laughs> and now you're cheering them on for the bench press? I mean, I don't know. How does that even work? So, I, yeah. But like I said, I never will be that big of a fan where I'm paying to go watch dudes work out. I can always go 
to the gym around here, Gold's Gym, it's probably a lot cheaper too. <laughs> if you just want to watch people working out, I don't get it. I, like, what, what's 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 the attraction? I would challenge those people. Like, all right, go to your local Gold's Gym or whatever. Go in the weight room when people are working out and cheer them on and see how that goes for you. Yeah, we don't want to do that. We don't, we don't want to encourage people to get their heads whooped. Because somebody's going to do it. Yeah, that does sound like a good idea. No, it's not. It really is not. Don't do that. Don't do it's that. It's not going to work out well for you, probably. Because there will you will get a bar wrapped around you at some point. In the Look, it's way too many dangerous objects in a gym. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Because some of them just light enough for somebody to throw at you, but just heavy enough to take <laughs> your whole skull in. No, don't do that. Don't I, yo, I mean, like, those, like, you, they don't look like you think, why Why in the hell do they have a 2.5-pound plate? But I tell you right, what, that right. make a hell of a weapon, you know? It's good It's good for throwing, I'm just saying. I, I'm not saying I've ever done it. I'm just saying the 2.5-pound weights are perfect for throwing it. So. Just um, light enough to get there, just heavy enough to hurt. <laughs> So, all right, speaking of, you know, nine, like I, we, I said earlier, I, I still, and I, I would still agree with this, 90% of the, or more of the stuff you're going to hear in the media sessions at the Combine this week are kind of like, eh, whatever. But there was something that kind of stuck out to me today. I don't know if you saw this, but Mike Zimmer just being pretty frank about Case Keenum. I mean, not disrespectfully frank or anything like that, but just like, you know, talking about re-signing Case and talking about Case Keenum's, you know, prospects. He said, uh, did you see this where he said, uh, he said, like, are you going to get the Case Keenum that we had in Minnesota or are you going to get the Case Keenum you had, that you saw with the Rams? He goes, I, and he said, I honestly don't know. We had a pretty good team. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but this is basically the gist of it. It's like we had a pretty good team around him in Minnesota. Well, I thought that was well. Like I have like that much candidness. I I can't recall hearing that at a at a coach's press conference in a long damn time. Listen, if you don't want to know the answer, don't ask Mike Zimmer because yeah. he's gonna give you the answer. I mean, he's gonna tell you pretty much exactly how he feels, much more than most coaches. So, and and, and some of that also is negotiating because. You know, if you're out here saying he's the best thing since sliced bread, then he's going to want to be paid like yeah. the best thing since sliced bread. If you're out here being a little bit more realistic, maybe his demands will also be a little bit more realistic, especially because really the the what the point that Zimmer is making there is that, you know, we could afford to have a real good supporting cast around him this year. If he tries to break the bank, will we be able to keep that same kind of you know, nucleus around him where, uh, or will he have to carry the team? So, you know, there, there's some gamemanship involved yeah. there. Him trying to kind of, you know, throw a little bit of high heat. <laughs> Maybe Case Keenum already came out with some kind of ridiculous demand. And this Mike Zimmer saying, yeah, you might want to be a little bit more realistic, realistic about that. If you want to come back and play for us, because I don't think that they can invest too much in him at the expense of other uh, 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 positions on the team. He's going to need a very strong defense and a very good running game around him for Case Keenum to continue his success. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just being real there. But like you said, most of the time, coaches just wouldn't even get involved. Like, they wouldn't even give an assessment 
at all. But Mike yeah. Zimmer was just like, yeah, no, nah, he, he all right. He all right. I mean, he all right. But I'm just saying, we were pretty good without him, but he all right. So one of we love to have them, but at our price type thing. Yeah, and that might and that might be a smart move on there. I mean, I've seen the, I mean, like a lot of teams have been kicked around in the Kirk Cousins rumors this week already, and and the Vikings have certainly been one of them. But like, I mean, that's not a bad approach if you're the Vikings. Like, hey, if maybe we're not, you know, maybe we aren't going to bid something, you know, crazy for Kirk Cousins, and we can you know, bring back Case Keenum, who, you know, we know we're familiar with. I mean, you know, he's not going to light the world on fire, but if you put a good team around him, he might not just throw the game away for you either and bring him back. Because, I mean, that's an interesting team to me to watch this offseason because they are so good. And they are, you know, like obviously they got to fix that quarterback position. There's, you know, they're not perfect. There's other work they've got to do too. But they're pretty close all around except for really the quarterback. Right, and you know the situation is Teddy Bridgewater yeah. was just uh, uh, named as a free agent because they said his his uh, his uh, contract didn't toll when he was hurt. Yeah, and then Bradford, we know that he got has a chronic knee, and so that that's the thing is that they do have to make some kind of decision at quarterback. Teddy is probably going to leave. Who knows if they want to try to even give Bradford another shot after. You know, he was. It, it's been so long ago, you almost forget that he was a starting quarterback at the beginning of this season. Yeah. But that knee just, even without being, quote, unquote, injured, it just was too much. You know, it, it just was so bad that that he couldn't go out there and perform. And so, uh, and that brings you to Keenum. Like, yeah. you know, you're familiar with him now. He has, you know, led you to the playoffs. And, and so... You're in a situation now where, you know, if Teddy walks, Bridgewater's too hurt, Keenum is pretty much your only option other than going out there and totally starting over. Yeah. And and it's such an important, like like you said, it's such an important uh, uh, call to make because you don't necessarily need a world be there quarterback yeah. in Minnesota. You just can't have, you know, somebody that's terrible. Yeah. You can't have somebody who is inconsistent. Yeah. You have to have somebody that is at least consistently good. You don't have to have somebody who's consistently great. And, you know, Case Keenum could obviously be that guy, but at the right price. You know, if you pay top dollar, you're going to want top performance. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Case Keenum can give them that, and I don't think they do either. Yeah. Yeah, and like I mean, then that's the thing too. It's like, are you, you know, I don't know that you're going to get the same. I mean, even with everything else being the same in Minnesota to start the season, you know, what if you know all it takes is one in, you know, Stephen Diggs could get injured, or injured, or you know, you have an offensive line, you know, the left tackle goes down or something like that, and then suddenly it's a little bit of a different story there too. I mean, you don't have a huge margin of error with the quarterback, you know, when you have that kind of a quarterback situation too. It's always, right. you know, it's always an injury or two in a total, everything is completely turned on its head in the middle of the NFL season. Right. And on the flip side of it, you know, if you got a shitty quarterback and everybody else does stay healthy, now you wasted another season that you yeah. can't get back yeah. with all that talent on defense. Yep. Especially. 
But, you know, that running game was real good this year. The offensive line played better. The receiver stepped up. Uh, what's the receiver? Um, Diggs and Thielen. 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 You know, Thielen balled out this year. But, you know, the, 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 the thing that we always have to say is, you know, none of these teams are the same. The 2018 Vikings won't be the same as the 2017 Vikings were, and so on and so forth. So you you waste too many of those seasons, and you look up and your nucleus yeah. is all of a sudden over 30, and you can't afford them anymore. Yeah. So th- that's another thing is they can't afford to waste too many more of these seasons with a guy who can't, you know, can't win playoffs playoff games for them. So, you know, do you even care if if Keenum walks, if you know you really do need an upgrade at that position, and maybe you can do it through the draft this year? That's another thing that, ha- that has to be in the back of their mind is if they like a bunch of these quarterbacks and feel like one of them can fall to them or they can mm-hmm. uh, uh, jump up there and get up there, then maybe they just start over and say, we, we think we'll find somebody in this draft that's an upgrade to Case Keenum and we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, you know, what occurred to me today, too, is somebody's probably going to pay A.J. McCarron starter money this year, too. That's that's going to be oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I said last week, uh, <laughs> some folks trying to talk themselves into believing that he's just as good as Kirk Cousins. So we'll see. <laughs> and you know what? They might be right, but not Maybe. in the way that they they think, you know. Yeah. Not, not at all in the way that they think. So we'll see. <laughs> oh my God! I just saw this in Slack a few minutes ago. I had to bring it back up since we were talking about terrible draft takes earlier on the program. Somebody, a, a friend on Twitter, reminded S- SB Nation NFL eight years ago. Mel Kiper said he would retire in 2018 if Jimmy Clausen wasn't a successful NFL. No. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> we, we- we 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 gotta get we gotta get him on the record on this one. Somebody gotta stick a microphone at Kuiper's face and say, "Hey, buddy, I just want to draw your attention to something you said before." Because I would love to hear his reaction to that. Am I? You know what? The thing is, we all get draft prospects wrong. Yeah. Whether sure. whether we you know think they aren't gonna be that good and they're great, or we think they're gonna be great and all of a sudden they suck. We all do that. That that happens. But if you make that kind of declaration <laughs> that you're going to pin your whole career <laughs> on a guy being successful, hey, man, you got to go home and be a family man. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not a big – I mean, this is the business you got to make predictions in anyway, but I'm not a big fan of making predictions. But, man, I – if I make a prediction, I, I'm not I'm not gonna guarantee anything like that kind of that kind of stupid on it or anything. <laughs> I gotta keep the lights on too. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that's true of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think Kuiper's gonna be going anywhere. So, but 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 we at least gotta ask. Like, do, oh yeah, seriously. we should. We yeah, should. you you got to own up to this now. Let's, Somebody you know, let, will. Let's hear. You know, what your take is on your take. I, I want to hear him explain his take from back then and how he could be so wrong. <laughs> I mean, and it's just like to complete, like, man, what? And it's quarterbacks, too, that just, like, I for some reason, quarterback takes just bring out the absolute worst in, 
in those guys too, you know? Every year. And, and that's one of the main reasons why I never do quarterback breakdowns. Yeah. I, I avoid that shit like the plague because I know, you know, it's just, it, it's asking for a fight, basically. You know, if you say anything about a quarterback on Twitter right now, somebody who doesn't follow you and you have no idea how they even saw the tweet will tweet you and, and, and mansplain why you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, and they won't be nice about it either. You are absolutely wrong about this, man. Look, you know, we put out some, you know, my, my draft profile of Bradley Chubb today. Yes. I haven't gotten anybody just jumping my mentions like, you're wrong. I promise you, if I Sam Darnold is this, no, you suck. You know, there's just something about quarterbacks talking about quarterbacks brings out the crazy in everybody. It really and I does. look, it, you know, just more power to the guys who, who go ahead and do that anyway. But I, it couldn't be me. It, it could not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not really into all that. Into <laughs> arguing just to be arguing shit. And every year is the same way. You know, quarterback. Just it just makes people crazy. It does. It's just I mean it's and like all the like every every awful casual racist buzzword gets thrown around when you're talking about quarterbacks and in the draft evaluation process too and just all the other crap that gets thrown in there too with it. It's just uh I mean and listen, ain't nobody betting their career on an offensive guard. Well, if this guy doesn't work out an offensive guard, I'll quit doing this in 2018. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. That's what I mean. It makes you stupid. Like, who's who's going to say that about, oh, this, you know, uh, this nickel cornerback, if he doesn't work out, I'm, I'm going to quit. No, only quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are the only ones that can make people just do really stupid stuff that they know they shouldn't do. And make proclamations that they know they shouldn't make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And just, we haven't even, like, I think the quarterbacks throw on Saturday. And I'm kind of, in, like, I, you know, I don't want to put too much stock in their combine throwing sessions. But I think that that might also kind of shut some people up, too. I mean, when people see Lamar Jackson throw or... Whoever nope. throw in sort of a controlled nope. environment. Nope. That's <laughs> no. not how it goes. See, see, this is what you got to know. If quarterbacks choose to throw at the combine, which a lot of them don't, that is only about affirming or confirming that they suck. Yeah. If they actually throw, throw well there and people have been questioning how they throw, then they everybody's going to say, well, it's just a combine. It, it, there's no rush yeah. there. But it's only for... I see. I told you he couldn't throw an out route. Look at that. Look, look, look at his footwork right there. That's terrible. That's the only thing you're going to get out of watching the quarterbacks throw this weekend. I don't care if every ball they throw is on target. Nobody's going to say, well, he opened my eyes to how great of a, a passer <laughs> he could be. <clears throat> the only thing they're going to say is, Oh well, yeah, he did it in short story. Here to come out, yeah, let's see if exactly. he can do it in a game. I mean, you know, I don't see this on film. You never hear, don't. But I promise you, it will definitely confirm if they suck at throwing the football. Or see, see, this is what I mean right here. He 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 just skipped that ball. Receiver might have might have ran a bad route. It don't even matter. Look, that is all on him right there. He he's got to deliver that football. It, it, I'm, I'm telling you, just watch. Try to see if you hear anybody really say anything positive this this weekend 
about you know they'll say it about the guys who we already expect to throw well because shit we we expect them to throw well. But about a, any of the guys who had some some question marks about their throwing, you aren't gonna hear a whole lot of wow. That's the kind of throw I was looking for him to make this weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and then the pro day too. The pro days, he just as bad. Well, he's at his home school and throwing the receivers he knows already. And <laughs> look, you really gotta suck. I mean, I mean, you get you get really gotta suck if you're one of the top players, and, and, and somebody's dogging you about your throwing. Yeah. But if you're a guy who already had question marks, I'm telling you, there is nothing you can do to change their mind. The only thing you can do, because they've already said you're not a good thrower. Yeah. They're not going to turn around and, and change their mind about it. They, see, well, yeah, this is just, he's in shorts. You know, he's not. <laughs> you know, we haven't even seen him take a, a snap from under center, you know, that kind of shit. They'll find a way to still make it seem like, ah, that wasn't that good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's always like that's the, the 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 part about this that always amazes me too. It's like no matter you can always see whatever the fuck you want. Your preconceived notions can only be bolstered by what you see at the combine or at pro day or whatever. It's just, right. I, I mean, it's, it it really is <laughs> an interesting thought project. Like if you just if you just like sit back and instead of getting into it because it's hard not to get sucked into yeah. You know, the combine, you kind of like, yeah, let's watch the 40. Or, you know, yeah, that's a pretty good vertical leap right there, you know. <laughs> so you end up getting sucked in, too. But if you could just pull back and just, you know, look around, see who's tweeting what, see what they're saying on TV, I'm telling you, it's, it's hard to hear or, or rare to hear anybody ever change their preconceived yeah. notion when, when they're at the combine. And some of that is good because, again, it ain't all about the combine. A lot, Most of right. it. You want to weigh with their tape. But I'm yeah. just saying, if a guy shows you growth, you are supposed to notice that too. Like, okay, he couldn't hit an out route. Now he looks very comfortable making that throw. You mm-hmm. make that note too. Like, okay, he, he's progressing. <clears throat> it shows that he's been working on it, that he knew that this was a problem too, and he addressed it. But you rarely get that commentary on a guy who does that, a guy who actually shows that he has improved during this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's really like I think what strikes me more than a combine, a free agency, a draft, and all this stuff. It's just like, I mean, I enjoy the off season. I enjoy like it's fun to kind of see you know the draft and see which players are going to which teams and who you know where they're going to fit in, who their coaches are, and who they're playing with, and that sort of thing. And like the same with free agency, like who signs what, and like you know, I mean, I I, I think back last year, it's like. You know, I remember having a pretty interesting discussion here and other places too, just like, you know, with the, when the Jaguars signed Calais Campbell and then like, you know, the, the reality that worked out. But like so much of, and this is part of, I think, the NFL's problem with that overexposure thing too. It's just like, so it, there's so much talk in the offseason that's just completely an utter bullshit. And, like, you know, it's fun to follow trade rumors. It's fun to kind of look at some of that stuff. I enjoy it. I mean, I like to play armchair gm as much as the next guy but like you know when it when you're actually spending all this time not talking about actual like football like not the games themselves but like you know like talking about bradley chubb and what makes him an interesting pass rusher or talking about calais campbell signing with the jaguars and what kind of fit that is and how that's going to look with their defensive line or or you know that kind of thing is is but like you think about how much 
time and effort and wind we the media puts into the NFL offseason now. It's just like, this is part of your problem. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Creating content. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but so speaking of that, speaking of real football, you, your Bradley Chubb, the first of your draft breakdowns is up and out today. It's always, always an exciting day. One of my favorite things to read for draft season. But I started big with Bradley Chubb, a lot of a lot of who a lot of people uh, NC State defensive end, a guy a lot of people consider to be the best pass rusher in the draft. Um, so walk me through that. I know we talked about him a little bit last week, but walk me through this. What do you? What is it that stands out to you about Bradley Chubb? Well, you know, Bradley Chubb, Chubb is a guy that checks all the boxes, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's rarer than you think that a guy checks all of the boxes. Usually there's a butt involved. And I think I might have mentioned this last yeah. week. There's a butt involved. You know, you, you got you know some of your undersized guys like Vic Beasley's, and, and they put up crazy numbers at the combine and stuff, but they're 235, 240, so you're wondering about whether they'll be able to hold up against the run. Yeah. Or you have a bigger guy, and he's you know doing feats of strength and, and throwing people all over the place, but he's not very agile. And so you you're wondering where you're going to play that guy inside or outside, stuff of that nature. Yeah. Or you know a guy like Clowney, who's got all the athletic ability in the world, but very raw, just doesn't have real good technique. So you know he's going to have to to be successful. He's going to have to polish up his technique. With Bradley Chubb, man, he has it all. Yeah. And 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 he. He was fortunate to play at NC State where they moved him around quite a bit, He, at least on the outside. He played on both sides. He dropped quite a bit. So he showed that he, even though he was playing in a 4-3 in college, that it would be an easy transition if he, he, he signed to a team that played more th- uh, of a 3-4 base defense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he could be an outside linebacker. He could be a five technique. He could be because he's 6-4 and 270. Yeah, You know, here's a guy that's moving around like a guy who is undersized, but he's 6'4 and 270, which is almost prototypical size for a defensive end. Yeah. And I'm talking about a defensive end that could play in any kind of uh, 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 scheme that you that you want to play in. He's big enough to play in a true five technique like a 3-4 defensive end or on an edge like a 4-3 defensive end or stand up like a, a edge rusher. He can do whatever you need him to do. And yeah. so, you know, when, when I'm looking, I'm like, well, what are the negatives with this kid? I can't see any from the film. You know, I, he, he's great effort. He's a guy that likes to finish plays, runs down the field and hits people. And you know I love that. Mm-hmm. And so there, there just aren't a lot of question marks from this film. Pretty much anything that you want to have, if, you, if you're making a list of everything you wanted in an edge rusher, he checks those boxes. Mm-hmm. We'll see how fast he runs the 40 in this weekend, but I couldn't give a fuck less what yeah. that time is. I know how fast he is on the field, and that is plenty fast enough. And then, to top it all off, he still has room to grow. Yeah. As far as being a pass rusher. He's a, he's a kid that uh, has really good lean, so he, he was good coming around the corner uh, with the rip move, but in, in the uh, NFL, he's probably going to need to be a little bit more diverse with some of his parachute moves, but I, I have every reason to believe that he'll be able to, to you know, transfer 
that and, and do a few more bull rushes or do a few more uh, long arm moves or, or, or do a few more arm overs to 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 give blockers more to look at. And so he should actually continue to blossom, especially if he gets with a real good defensive line coach. And, and his best days may still be ahead of him, Man. even though he has such an accomplished career at NC State. So, amazing. again, I mean, it's just like, what else could you want from this kid? No, you know, I guess, you know, he's not going to uh, run a 4-5. or five. He's not going to run a clowny time in the 40. Yeah. Okay. But he doesn't need to because unlike clowny, he has really good technique already, which helps him get around the corner with ease. Yeah, And then he's got, like a Derek Barnett last year, everybody said, well, he doesn't really have an inside move. This kid doesn't have a butt. He has real good inside move. He has a real good crossover move where he looks more like a basketball player than a football player. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it, it's kind of weird because I'm not a negative Nancy, but I usually like to balance out uh, my columns with those things that a guy needs to work on. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't a whole lot of advice for me to give. There wasn't many observations to make as far as, you know, here's some things that he needs to work on based on the tape that I saw. I mean, he's not perfect. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to have to grow into being in the NFL because that's always an adjustment. But, man, he might – I said this in the piece. He might not be the best, the quote-unquote best, edge rush prospect I've broken down because I've broken down some really good ones. But he's he's at least the safest. Like I, you know, if I was gonna be crazy and say, "Well, I bet my career on a guy," he would probably be at the top <laughs> of this of people that that I would say that about. I'm not stupid enough to say that because hey, yeah. who knows? <laughs> None of us have crystal ball. But if I was gonna make that statement, I I put my money on this kid because he just has everything you're looking for in the edge rusher. Fascinating. I mean, that's interesting to hear that. I'm looking forward to seeing more from him down the road. Um, did you know? You know, I, you know what I found out yesterday about Bradley Chubb? His family, like descendants, way way back down the line, founded a place called Chubbtown in Georgia, and it was a, col- a settlement of free blacks in Georgia during 1864 during the Civil War. Um, I guess, you know, of folks that had been freed as Sherman came through that state during the Civil War. But his family, his descendants started that town and he and his brother, or his cousin rather, Nick, are going to go back. I mean, the, the, the town has long since sort of passed. I mean, floods and economics and stuff over the years. There's a church left there and he and his brother are still involved in that and they're going to go back and rebuild that church, which I'm just, I mean... An interesting historical side note about that. Yeah, I saw some of it too when I was doing the research to do his piece. I, you know, saw that he was cousins with with Nick Chubb. Yeah, and I think Bradley Chubb's father actually played for Georgia too. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, they, you know, their family evidently has a real big presence in Georgia still, yeah. even though Chubb Town, as you said, has kind of gone by the wayside. Yeah, they, their family still has a big presence there, and and, and that is. I hadn't read the part about them going back and restoring the church, but that's—I mean—it's just phenomenal that you have two guys in the same family. Yeah, that are such great college football players right now at the same time. Yeah, uh, I'm not—I think 
did they play each other? I'm not sure if they played each other well, at all. I don't but know man, where Nick is at? I, which school he played at? Oh, he's at Georgia. Oh, he he's is. He's okay. a running back for Georgia. Yeah, he's pretty good too. <laughs> so, I'm always uh, so behind on college football. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I just you know SEC and stuff, SEC East uh, yeah. specifically. I kind of keep up with because of Tennessee. But yeah, yeah, man, that that dude, <laughs> he's a monster too. So. Uh, you know, they have some athletes in their family, that's for sure. You don't want to play them in, in a, you know, the family reunion basketball pickup game. Yeah, I, I'm sure those are epic uh, <laughs> with their family. But, well, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of an amazing story just to hear, you know, read the, read up on Chubtown. Yeah. And, 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 you know, just kind of how they had their own little place in the world for their family. Yeah. Yeah, and that just, you know, I, I was listening to something the other day. I mean, obviously, I mean, not to get into politics or anything, but it's just like, you know, I, the it's it's important that we still talk about the Civil War and Reconstruction and the and the and race relations after that because we are still dealing with that. I, don't think, I think people overlook a lot of that, the history and, and the importance of knowing that stuff. Yep, it's very important to know because a lot of those stories aren't really told in a way where a whole lot of people can can access it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I never heard of this story before until I looked up some on Bradley Chubb. So, you know, who? It, it, hopefully this story will get out more because people are researching both Bradley and Nick Chubb. Yeah. But, but otherwise, who would even know that their family had their own town, literally yeah. had their own town? Yeah, so, and I'm actually doing some research on my own family right now, which is kind of mind blowing. Yeah, down in Mississippi. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of you know for me, it kind of uh, 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 was heartening to see that you see these stories that are out there that that don't necessarily get as much publicity as they should. That tell you that uh, you know, like you said, Reconstruction in that time, and and even more recently. Those stories don't really get told that much about, you know, black people having their own town mm-hmm. or black people not being dirt poor and, 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 you know, just destitute. Most of the stories that get told, you know, you, you got black people in the backwoods somewhere somewhere uh, or something and, you know, dirt poor yeah. and, and barely getting by. But there are definitely stories out there of black people who are doing very well for themselves. And, and and those stories need to be told more. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hopefully I can kind of tell my family story a little bit. But it was very uh, enlightening reading up on their story as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's always it, – it's. I mean, you know, I think those are backgrounds that are always interesting to hear about with people. People that – whether it's personal, people that you know personally, yourself, or – or you know the people that you 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 know of because they're you know famous football players or, or celebrities or whatever. But it's a uh, it's useful to have that. Speaking, uh, all right, just the transition into another football sort of headline news related item here. Uh, the NFL has a new pizza sponsor. Did you did you see this? The Papa John's no longer the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. <laughs> right, uh, and that's kind of I think that's kind of we all saw the the writing on the yeah. wall after they got rid of the CEO who tried to blame uh, their financial misfortunes yeah. on players kneeling. 
and, and, and they got replaced by Pizza Hut for more money, for more years, because guess what? Pizza Hut pizza actually tastes okay. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's gourmet, but plenty <laughs> of people like Pizza Hut pizza. And Pizza Hut hasn't had the same kind of financial uh, 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 problems as Papa John's, probably because Papa John's pizza tastes like crap most of the time. <laughs> and players kneeling or standing at attention is not going to change that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it was time for for uh, Papa John's to kind of go on their own way. Uh, and, and obviously, that some of this might be blowback, too, from the whole Jerry Jones saga yeah. of this season. You know, threatening Goodell, trying to derail his uh, new contract. And, of course, we had a, a little skirmish this week uh about that as well yeah i was gonna say uh, but yeah it, it was just time to to kind of close that book and bring in a new partner and i think pizza hut would do a much better job job than papa john's in the first place yeah for sure and uh it's funny do you remember pizza hut when that papa john's did that stuff that de- oh definitely definitely could not possibly have been coordinated as part of jerry jones's whole thing last year but uh Jerry Jones being uh, what uh, a franchisee of over a hundred over a hundred Papa John stores, um, but uh, Pizza Hut like was messing around with them on social media. Like in the wake of that, it's like our pizza sales are just fine. Right, right. I mean, they, they were already kicking them while they were down, so it might as well just step over the dying corpse and, and pick up the partnership too. So, so yeah, it's they kind would of funny. They would kill them on social media. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because there is sort of like a second part to this story this week, and that's that the NFL is is going to uh, give Jerry Jones is is it's not really a fine, but it's they want Jerry Jones is expected to pay the league and owners several million dollars to recoup the cost of his little legal threatened legal fight against the league over Goodell's contract this year. And now Jerry Jones is arguing that with the league and has to go to arbitration. And guess who one of the, one of the people in the room for arbitration is going to be Roger Goodell. (laughs) So it's just funny to me. It's like now one of the owners gets a taste of, that shitty player arbitration and disciplinary process. Oh yeah, we'll see know, if it has an effect come uh, come CBA negotiation time, though. You know, every, everything has come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just kind of funny, very funny to me how this all went down. And and, and you know, the fu- something also that was interesting to me was how the story first came out the other day. And they said they made it seem like Roger Goodell was going to fine uh, Jerry Jones because uh, he was going after him because you know Jerry Jones didn't want him to, to be able to 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 get that contract yeah. last year. But the reality is they're just kind of trying to recoup the uh, the lawyers' fees. Yeah. So it's not really a fine right. in the traditional sense. It, it's more of a. It, it to me, it kind of seems like standard operating procedure when one side loses that usually it's supposed to play the legal fees or whatever. Um, but but the first story that came came out made it almost seem like Roger Goodell was bringing a hammer down. And and and, and what was weird too was that it was from the New York Times. Yeah. Like when's the last time the New York Times had an NFL scoop? 
than nobody else had. Yeah. And everybody kind of played catch up right after that. You know, all of a sudden, all the NFL network people were conform- confirming the report. Yeah. But the New York Times just jumped right out there. <laughs> Roger Goodell's going <laughs> after Jerry Jones. He's out for blood. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I don't know if there was Roger Goodell leaking to the New York Times, you know, to make Jerry Jones look bad. Or if it was Jerry Jones leaking to the New York Times to make himself look look sympathetic, like, why is he coming after me? Yeah. You know, why is he, he paying me back? Yeah. But I just thought that was very interesting that, you know, all of a sudden you get this big blaring headline out of the New York Times? Yeah. I, I'm seriously, look, I, I'm the last person to rely on their memory, but I don't recall the New York Times with a lot of NFL scoop no. scoops in the last four or five years. No. So just just the fact that they kind of came out with that, I was kind of like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> well, I think, and I think that I, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure that it was the same, I can't think it was for Belson for the New York Times, had a couple of the other scoops on the Jerry Jones, Roger Goodell stuff back during the season when it was happening. So somebody, I think somebody in the league office has got them a pal at the New York Times. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Somebody, <laughs> somebody has made them a friend at the New York Times. Because I just like, I just was like, huh, this is very interesting. This is not ESPN or somebody like that. Breaking no, into New York Times. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, sk- the NFL industrial scoop complex has turned on, been turned on its head here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man, Stephen. Uh, let's see. That's a that's that's a pretty good show. And uh, I guess now we can go and finally. I know I've been waiting for it all week with pins and needle anticipation, watching uh, dudes bench press today. <laughs> so you know, get, get to see them. You know, walk around and, 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 and see what they look like with their shirt off and. <laughs> Uh, you know, vertically broad jump. See how far they could jump, just standing still. You know, and and, and then you get to hear Mayock in the background talking them up and stuff. So, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's Bait, a, with bated breath. I, I come, I'm waiting with bated I, breath. Okay? I, I can't got, a, got a whole new notebook so I can start scribbling out bad, <laughs> bad draft takes as I hear them live on the TV. Oh, you might need two. <laughs> you might need more than one. I'm sure you're going to hear plenty of them this weekend. I'll have to get them in bulk for draft season. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, we'll uh, we'll reconvene next week, and we will have actual combine results to, to talk about. And a couple more draft pro- uh, profiles should That's be out right. as well. Absolutely. So I can't wait. It's going to be a hoot. Absolutely.